<laughs> you recording? <laughs> Ooh, please stop. No, I am recording. <laughs> oh my god. My cheeks hurt. Do you remember in Toy Story 2 when they first introduced Barbie? Mm. And she was like, my cheeks hurt from smiling. That's I don't smile, so that's not an issue. Well, I think mine is from, probably from crying, so that makes a little bit of sense, right? LOL. Anyways, back to Toy Story. <laughs> She's like, bye bye, bye bye, see you later. And then she it goes on through the entire credits, and at the end, she's like, my cheeks hurt from smiling. I see. I didn't sit there and watch the credits, so I don't remember that. Because also, you missed the best part. I know you tried to play with Barbies as a child. 100 percent. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that should have been your. I used to steal my sister's Barbies. Well, I guess not steal them because it was after she was already done with Barbies. Because um, <laughs> she's six years older than me. So. Oh, I forgot she had an only older sister. So mm-hmm. I wanted to be like a five-year-old that's like, I'm done with Barbies. I'm done with the Barbies. <laughs> Seven-year-old Chris is like, wow. Oh, I'm going to take them. <laughs> Sounds good. No, I always turn them. I guess I always had powerful female figures in my life because I turned them into warriors. <laughs> they were always like the badass, like, I'm the queen of this nation. Like... Ew. It was weird, yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, how can we make your hair look more like Celine Dion's? <laughs> I never played with their hair. Really. Oh, well, I 100% played with hair. Yeah. I was like, look at this comb. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> Turn it into like a drag queen wig that's just like poofed. Right. <laughs> well, because my cousin was, my cousin is who I used to play Barbies with, and she would just be like, yeah, I got 30,000 Barbies in this little crate here. Why don't you pick one? And the <laughs> hair would just be like, <laughs> <laughs> like Cynthia from Rugrats. <laughs> Like, like two strands. Like, Ooh, yep. do you have any ones that have more pristine hair? <laughs> nope. Nope. They all look like that. <laughs> I shaved off all the because you know all those little kids at some point were like, "I'm gonna cut their hair off with scissors." Because mm-hmm. I've been there. So, yep, hundred percent. I like I just let's go ahead and give her a makeover. Oh, but, girl. <laughs> all these Barbies came with like horses because my cousin really likes horses. Was she a horse girl? She's a bit of a horse girl. Oh my gosh, she listens. So. <laughs> Hey, Harris girl. (laughs) Shout out to my cousin Kathleen. Uh, But they all came with horses, and she played. All the horses had just pristine manes, and they were beautiful. But But the Barbies were were like fucked. Well, she's like, whatever. They wear a helmet anyway. (laughs) Don't they don't need their hair? (laughs) Cut it all off. You can be bald and ride this. (laughs) As long as you're riding a horse, it don't fucking matter. And Barbie in the commercials was like, I have. Sylvia Plath, not Sylvia Plath. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, some woman with long straight share. I Cher. have share long hair, baby. <laughs> and then has like a full-on riding helmet on top. Like, who really does that? No one. She's not going to a competition. You're going for a ride in the park. Yeah, exactly. As you're as the horse is walking, the wind is just like, and you end up with nappy. You end up as a nappy-headed hoe. But think of the wind. <clears throat> The wind? The wind, baby. It's uh, Victoria's Secret Runway, mm-hmm. sans fans. So it's not moving. The horse is moving? Yeah, you said without fans, though. Yeah, no. Yeah, it is Victoria's Secret's uh, runway. Oh. But there are no fans. Not Victoria's Secret's without fans. Yeah, You're that saying, would be a lot of... Just, <laughs> just clop, wind, clop, clop, clop. Silence. Wings. Clop, clop, clop. <laughs> the wings open. <laughs> And this, oh. <laughs> Guy in the back, show us your dicks. <laughs> That's my they dude. drown it out with, 
what <laughs> marshmallow and DJ Tasto. <laughs> Nicki Minaj one time was on the Victoria's yes! and she was like, fuck? "Big boobs, big boobs, <laughs> child." I think it was anyway. the same year that Victoria uh, Taylor Swift was on it. Maybe Taylor Swift does not belong on there. Nicki no. Minaj maybe. That was when Taylor Swift was still like starting to become. Well, I think she was already famous, but like still become. She was still doing country at the time. <sighs> yeah, what a, a time. time! What a time that was. <laughs> And I remember I was like, oh my god, I like country music. Taylor oh Swift is amazing. Listening to um, Julia oh uh, Whitehorse back like on her Fearless album. Uh, fearless. <laughs> High school me was just like, oh. <laughs> 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 She's been through so much. Imagine having someone come and save you on a white horse. I just Magical. Can't. I can't. <laughs> and what's the one where the guy she's she's like you should be with you should be with me yeah oh, right you, you belong with me. you belong with yeah. me. yeah she's like you belong with me and i was a band nerd so it was like she was like that band he's like i'm in the bleachers and i'm like little game he was like all of the boys that are talking to women need to be with me <laughs> i was like oh guy from the swim team multiple ones I know what you look like in a speedo. You well, at least you got me. to yeah. Least, like, you got to see them all in speedos. I just got to look at nude band uniforms. Nude. nude. Oh, maybe, maybe I should have done sports. Would have made me a lot more gay. <laughs> hey girl. <laughs> hey, I'm not trying to. Oh my god, have you seen all the memes where there's like, or I guess like it's a new thing on TikTok for people to be doing like me walking by a girl in the dark trying to make her like believe that I'm not a not believe but make her. Say feel safe that not that I'm not a predator kind of thing. You see, then he's like, "Hey, girl, what you doing? Oh my god, you look so amazing! Oh, oh yes, bye." <laughs> I've seen so many of that. Okay, well, <laughs> I just love the one of like that one uh, actress. I don't even remember what she was for um, doing or whatever. She was like, "Oh, that you said gay," <laughs> and she like does like little hand thing. And so there's the meme that's like, "Oh, it's Busy Phillips." Oh, sure, I guess. Okay. So. <laughs> and so it says at the top like me at three a.m. like walking home from the bars, trying not to be a, like look like a predator. It's like her face at the bottom of it. <laughs> you don't even have to say that. I just be just like, "Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> love your shoes." I just keep walking. <laughs> I'm not worried. Nobody thinks I'm a threat. Uh, I mean, have you seen the way that I walk? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like duck walking. Duck walking. <laughs> falling. <laughs> <laughs> There's one TikTok craze that I like right now with the gays. Where there's the, this, the I guess it's the guy talking to another guy. And he's like, oh, uh, how's it going? And then the girl's, the other character is like, oh, fig. <laughs> and she's like, what? And she says, uh, queen. <laughs> queen. <laughs> so silly. I love that. Well, welcome to our Spoopy podcast. Well, yeah, we haven't said that at all. Yeah, this is our we Spoopy podcast. This is literally what me and Spencer sound like when we normally talk to. Mm-hmm. So there's not a different of putting a microphone in front of our faces. So, <laughs> Except Chris stopped trying to deep throat the mic. It's, I don't think I We stopped. use this for a lot of people. and well, it's well, not Tony, sanitary. Tony doesn't know what happens to his mic won't hurt him, so... Well, I mean, maybe if he brought the red, red wine, wine then... then we wouldn't have a problem. What's funny is and we he can will say never that because he's this. never going to listen. <laughs> he will never listen to this podcast. He hey, never, Tony. He doesn't listen to his own. He didn't even listen to the one where he was a guest on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was great. No, he said he listened to one. And oh, I was like, he? which one did you listen to? He was like, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, and he probably didn't even fuck? listen to both 
parts. He just, just listened, listened to the to first like ten part minutes of the, the first one, where we're just <laughs> like, like ah, too much little... cackling. Like <laughs> I can't handle that. Mm. Makes sense. Well, welcome to the uh, post Christmas episode of our movie podcast. Yeah, we're recording right on Christmas because of our normal recording schedule. It so, would be a Wednesday. So yeah. Merry Christmas, Merry Chris. Christmas, and Happy Holidays. And I got happy you. I got you this. Winter solstice and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and open it. <gasps> oh my god! Isn't that amazing? You shouldn't have. Here, I got you this as well. Oh, let me see. <laughs> I don't like this at all. Was I supposed to rip that? <laughs> no. Too late now. <laughs> this was important first cookie. <laughs> Anyways, Merry Christmas! <laughs> what we do for laughs. <laughs> we hope that you had a wonderful Christmas season. Um, I know, me personally, I'm going to listen to the Celine Dion Christmas album 14 times. Oh my gosh. Um, and watch, uh, what do I want to watch this year? I watch I... Meet Me in St. Louis, and then probably It's a Wonderful Life. St. Louis? St. Yeah. Louis? In the movie they call it St. Louis. Well, I hate that. Um, it's Judith Garland. I only recently started listening to Christmas music on the radio because I'm garbage. Um, and I guess I'm a Grinch or a Scrooge or whatever. You, well, no, I don't. I like to spend my money. Um, I don't save that. So <laughs> we are not Scrooge. We are just the Grinch. I'm grumpy all the time. Um, but that doesn't change whether or not it's Christmas or not. Anyways, I live on a mountain with my dog. Don't talk to people. Don't want to do anything. But your heart is supposed to grow three sizes this day. That sounds unhealthy. <laughs> that is an enlarged heart, <laughs> yeah. and you really you need to, need to see attention. a doctor. Um, yeah, I'm going to avoid that. Uh, but yeah, I just recently started listening to Christmas music, and guess who was on the radio station that I listened to Christmas music on? Mariah Carey. No. I, no. Obvious. No, no she's I, on there. Oh, you just didn't hear it. No, I'm talking about Delilah. <laughs> Delilah. She was, she was on the whole... When I was, I was listening on the way over here, and she was like the host or whatever. Delilah. How I always think that Delilah won because when we were in high school, hey there, Delilah was a song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Delilah's like a 23-year-old girl. She just lives in New York City. No, she's like a six-year-old woman. She's like 80, and she oh, lives she? in fucking Oklahoma. And she records in a barn. Yeah. <laughs> she has had a hard life, though. Yeah. I researched Delilah one time. I think someone told me. Her son, like, died. Multiple yeah. of her children died. Yeah. And she's still so like, oh, she's like, you'll get through it. Let me tell you. It. Listen to this microphone and let me tell you. Tell me what's going on One of on my with favorite you. ways to get through the holidays when I'm missing someone I love is to listen to Blue Christmas by Elvis. Oh. Boo, boo. <laughs> you had a blue. Delilah. <laughs> I hate that. I love Delilah. I hate her show. I'm sure she's a nice woman, but her just... Talking softly into the microphone like this. Let me make you feel better. And then they call in and they're like, Hey, Delilah, I just wanted to thank you for doing this during the Christmas season. I'm knitting a scarf for my nephew, Johnny. Tell the full story. He lives in Tampa and he's going to college to become a forensic pathologist. And he's having a really rough time because his girlfriend, Rebecca, broke up with him. And And I just wanted to know if you could play a song for her (laughs) to make her change her mind so that she doesn't think that, what is his name? I don't remember what my nephew's name was anymore. I hope that she could have a good Christmas. Uh, Yeah, sure. We'll go ahead and play... um, um, last Christmas. 
Tako kod džlana da sam mojim sluša. I gave you my love. I love that. This year to save me from tears. Give it to you someone know, so special. You know, so at the Macy's like where I, I do makeup now, um, there's, uh, they play Christmas music 24-7, so I'm engrossed. Sam Smith has a Christmas song. I didn't know that. And it's fucking legit. Mm. Do you know Kesha has a Christmas song? Just kidding, she doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would be. She has a Disney Christmas. princess song. What? It's it's lit. It's from Mulan? No, you should listen to it. We won't listen to it now. We'll play it after the podcast. It's from Brave. No. It's from Lilo and Stitch. No, it's from her. She's Stitch. It's from Kesha. The, the, and she's the, like, Disney princess. Oh. She's a, her own Disney princess. She is a Disney princess. Oh. Mm-hmm. And she has a full song and video out there, so. Oh. Is it animated? There are some animated parts in it, yeah. Oh, okay. You ready to talk about spoopy stuff? Yes! Woo! So, uh, last time? I, um, I think that it was me last, last time, because when we would record the week before, and not hours before, <laughs> I had gone first. So then it was you first, and then now it's me first again. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, and I'm going to tell a Christmas story. Ooh. Uh, but I haven't read it, so we're all in for a treat. I haven't read any of mine either, so <laughs> we are Welcome going to learn to today <laughs> where we have prepared so much for our Christmas episode. Listen, okay. <laughs> I'm writing Christmas cards and knitting scarves, and I'm going to bake cookies eventually. I have been sleeping. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very yeah. productive. Anyway, <laughs> so my story is called Santa Claus, but C-L-A-W-S. Claws, like crab claws, like crusty crab claws. I don't know why it took me so long to spell that out. Mm -hmm. It's depressing. (coughs) For most children. Should I do voices again? No. I should do voices again. Christmas is a celebration. She was a 20-year-old woman. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want? You love this. I gave you the happiness already. I think that I should just do that voice that I gave for Delilah. For everyone. Christmas is a celebration we're looking forward to. Okay. So, <clears throat> if there is text, though, and there's a mother figure in here, I'm going to do some gonna weird shit. Like what are you doing here? <laughs> Liza! Liza with a Z! Uh, so, for most children, Christmas is a celebration worth looking forward to. For 13-year-old Evan... It was something to fear. <gasps> Evan still remembered his seventh Christmas Eve clearly, an evening, the evening that he, like most children, don't do that, had been looking forward to for a long time. Long The next morning, he would get up early and open up all his presents, eager to see what surprises Santa had left him. Evan imagined the restless night ahead and thought, if he listened hard, he might be able to hear Santa come down the chimney. <gasps> but this I Christmas to do that Eve so many didn't. Times as a kid. <laughs> I saw my parents Aww. at like eight. I was too stupid as a kid that there were multiple times that me and my little brother were like, oh my God, we're going to stay awake. And we like stay awake talking. And then like my dad would keep, like would hear us and would come in and be like, you kids need to go to bed. And he would come in like four or five times. And it's like, I should have known then. Like they were waiting for us to fall asleep to move everything out there. <laughs> but it's too stupid. Yep. Um, this Christmas Eve didn't go at all according to plan. It wasn't long before Evan's excitement gave way to horror. 
Mum had insisted... Oh, they're British. Mum mm. had insisted that Santa no. wouldn't come if Evan stayed up late, and she had just begun sending him off to bed when Evan was distracted by a loud, muffled thump on the roof. It seemed to be coming directly above the fireplace. It was like in the night before Christmas. There arose such a clatter, and Evan appear approached the chimney to see what was the matter. Was it now that Santa had decided to make an appearance? Ash was falling from the nooks and crannies of the chimney to the bottom of the fireplace, sending out charcoal, charcoal smoke and a burnt smell. Something, someone, had to be disturbing the ash. Evan was alone. Who else went down the chimney at this time on Christmas Eve? The chimney rattled and a deep rolling voice hit the air. Santa's famous, ho, 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 <laughs> echoed down the chimney as Evan watched in delight. Things were silent for a moment. Evan's mother stood behind him, watching. Then arose the biggest clatter. There was an explosion of grayish smoke as mountains of ash fell from the bottom, fell to the bottom of the fireplace. The fireplace shook as if there was a sudden earthquake. Then, amidst the grayness, there was a flash of red, a tremendous thump. Had Santa made it? Evan rushed forward. Unable to stop himself, he felt a flare of excitement, but Mum was first to the chimney. Evan tried to remember the last time his mother had expressed excitement and couldn't. The smoke cleared, and the fallen Santa came into view. He didn't have quite the belly Evan had expected, but this was the least of his observations. Evan gasped as he saw Santa's beard had appeared to slide off during his fall. But there was no blood. The only blood came from Santa's head. It was just a trickle. The bad thing was that the trickle of blood was coming from what looked like a big dent in Santa's head. Ooh. Evan frowned. Santa couldn't die. He was too good for that. He couldn't die. Not now. Had someone played a trick on him? Evan glanced at the beard that had been peered to slide down Santa's face. Beards didn't move like that, at least not without there being blood. So then if it was a real beard, it wasn't a real beard. It had to be a fake one. But if that was a fake beard, then Santa's suit was also a fake suit. That wasn't the real Santa. This Santa was in disguise. Evan <laughs> glanced once more at fake Santa's exposed features, trying to figure out who this person could be and make sense of the face that seemed to so familiar to him. He realized for the first time that Mom had never been excited. Instead, she rushed to the fake Santa's body in grief. Sobs racked her body her tears dripping on the fake Santa suit. Oh, boy. Evan stood dumbfounded and choked out one word. Dad? Oh. <laughs> Evan woke up in a cold sweat, bolting upright into a sitting position. He glanced at his watch and read the time, 2.19 a.m. Before the light of his watch went off, he read the date, December 20. Only five more days until Christmas. Once upon a time, Evan would have been happy about this, but now he wished that Christmas never came. It was the same dream again, accurate in every detail. That evening was exactly how it had been in the dream. It never ceased to amaze Evan how these vivid dreams were. They got right down to the core and forced Evan to relive the worst moment of his life. Those goddamn nightmares. Oh. <laughs> Those GD nightmares. <laughs> they got worse around Christmas. It's a story. We're allowed to say it, right? <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> he would dream of that fateful evening his father slipped and fell down the chimney, smashing his skull on the way down. Or he would dream of those claws, those razor-sharp strings of polished bone, weapons that could slice through him like butter, as if they gave him so much of a flick. 
Most kids grew out of their belief in Santa, came to accept that Santa was just another myth made up to make children happy. But Evan hadn't grown out of it. He hadn't been jolted out of it. His belief was shattered with the tragic death of his father. Evan's father had only been trying to surprise Evan, but he had done so much more than that. He had bent Evan beyond repair, and every Christmas, Santa Claus would haunt Evan. C-L-A-W-S. I got it. Uh, Surprisingly. Well, it's going back and forth. Evan was convinced Santa Claus was some kind of demon in humanoid form. He was definitely not human. He was super... He was a natural entity of soul or of sorts. But Evan had always thought of him as a demon. Santa Claus had been in Evan's life ever since his father had died, and though he was mostly absent during the year, he would come back around November, maybe late October, when it became nearer to Christmas. Well, he would become more persistent then. There were nightmares, for one thing, and the visions, and Evan had no shortage of seizures around Christmas time when Santa Claus was at his worst. Sometimes Evan had panic attacks that seemed to come from nowhere, and there was no doubt as to who caused them. Evan was no stranger to bullying at school because of his seizures and his strong dislike for Christmas. Santa Claus had taken his toll on Evan. He took the troll toll on the boy's soul? Boy's soul. Boy's soul, Mm. yeah. Um, Evan knew that Santa Claus had, in some way, been triggered by his father's death. Sometimes Evan believed that Santa Claus was actually his father's ghost, turned evil. Uh In the existence of the afterlife, Evan wasn't the one to believe in the supernatural, but Santa Claus had changed his mind about a lot of things. After a while, Evan had been forced to accept that Santa Claus was always going to come back, even if Evan grew out of his own personal dislike for Christmas. He would never have a joyful Christmas again. It was a Christmas that caused his father's death, death, it was Christmas that had caused Santa Claus to come. Evan's head flopped back, flopped back on his pillow. School had finished weeks before, but Evan was still dreading the next day and every day to come until Christmas. What Evan was looking for was the absence of Santa Claus. Santa Claus would hang around a little bit, even after Christmas. Then he'd slowly fade away, and Evan would be free of his presence between February and November, and he could get to forget about Christmas. Pretend it never existed, but no matter what, Santa Claus would always come back. And Evan was sure he would never be free of his demonic existence again. Evan woke early and rolled out of bed, opening his laptop without bothering to draw the curtains or turn on light. He wanted to go online, check his Facebook, play some games, do anything to take his mind off Christmas, and more importantly, Santa Claus. I do that every single morning. Mm. What? Play games? Well, yeah, but it also said he didn't bother to draw the curtains. I don't ever open my curtains. I like my house to be a cave. (laughs) I don't have curtains. (laughs) I got blinds. It was an hour or two before Evan sat down to a lazy breakfast of cornflakes, by which time Evan's mother had gotten out of bed, and Mom had shut herself out from society while after she unexpectedly became a widow, developing a strong case of depression. Eventually, she had come to terms with her husband's death and had become a more loving mother to Evan than ever, but she still had her bad days. Sometimes Evan wondered whether Santa Claus was in her mind, too. They both supported each other with a lot, 
But why Evan, didn't you just ask her? <laughs> yeah. Do you believe in uh, Santa demon? Or do you have dreams about this? What happened? <laughs> no, it comes in life, in real life. He just said it was a dream. No, in real life, and it would it would linger even after Christmas. Would you listen? I thought it was a dream. No, no, the one that he just had was a dream. <sighs> Evan had told his mom about Santa Claus. You fucking bitch! For the first few years after his father's death, but then he had decided to pretend that he had outgrown it. He didn't want to put extra weight on his mom's shoulders, and the last thing he wanted to do was make it seem like he was a child. But Evan couldn't hide his seizures. He couldn't hide the fact that he was sometimes absorbed in a hallucination, even concerning Santa Claus. Evan's mom seemed to blame it all on the trauma he had received after his father's death. Sure, maybe not all kids would experience the type of trauma, but everyone's different, aren't they? Evan said good morning to his mom and continued to eat his cornflakes. The fireplace was directly to his right. Evan thought that he could catch a glimpse of red out of the corner of his eye. His head turned. (gasps) Nothing. Santa! Yay! (laughs) I'm here to eat you. (laughs) Flaps. Paranoia. Or maybe Santa Claus was playing tricks on him. Either way, Evan didn't fancy seeing Santa Claus in the flesh. Mm. He had seen him already, five times to be exact, and he would see him a sixth time every Christmas Eve at 8.13 p.m., the exact time that his father had fallen. He appeared in the fireplace, and Evan was always there to watch him make an appearance. It was then that Evan decided that this year he was going to be prepared, that it would be different than other years. Santa Claus would appear in the fireplace at exactly the same time as the year before, and the year before that, and the year before that. Mom was never around. She always went to bed early on Christmas Eve, or stayed in bed the entire day. Maybe she's the demon. This time, Evan wouldn't just be watching Santa Claus. He'd destroy Santa Claus, once and for all. Why hadn't he thought of it before? That day, Evan confined himself to the safety of his home, or more specifically, his bedroom. He distracted himself with computer games and other activities, while all the time planning how he was going to get rid of Santa Claus when he made his appearance. <laughs> Before the, his father died, he'd, he had hung a hunting rifle. It hung on a hook on the wall. After his death, it had been hidden away inside his wardrobe, which was, of course, in the bedroom Mom slept in. A gun was Evan's cl- closest shot. And it was the only thing he could think of. Closest shot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Shot a few different... No. His dead father's old hunting rifle was the only gun possible for Evan to attain. The only problem was getting it out of the wardrobe without his mother catching him, and she was sure to get suspicious if she saw him taking a gun out of the wardrobe. This proved to be an easier task than Evan thought, however. When Mum went out to do some shopping, Evan went straight to the wardrobe doors, started burrowing through the clothes. It was then that he experienced a seizure. Evan had caught sight of the gun when a jolt ran through his body. His muscles were paralyzed, his joints frozen in place. Evan was unable to do anything but stare helplessly as he fell backwards onto the wooden floor. Ouch. 
Electricity ran through his body, which was now twitching madly on the floor. Shadows danced in front of his eyes as visions began. He saw his father, now an ash-covered skeleton wearing a Santa hat, leering down at him through empty eye sockets. He saw a Christmas tree decorated with bloodied limbs, organs, and what looked like unraveling intestines. He saw claws curling in front of his eyes, claws that would cut him in two if he did so much as blink. What the fuck? Evan came to just as he heard the car pulling into the driveway. Frantically, his eyes darted around, searching for the hunting rifle. Something thin and black pointing out of a pile of clothes caught him in the eye. His rifle. He snatched it up and bolted towards his room, not even remembering to close the wardrobe door. He had just reached his bedroom when his mom opened the front door. It wasn't until his mother called out to him about an hour or so later, Evan, have you been through my wardrobe? That Evan remembered he had neglected to close the wardrobe door. Uh, yeah, Evan replied, thinking quickly. I was looking for a jacket, you know, since all my other ones are too small. It's pretty cold with the snow and all. Evan was proud of his voice. It didn't so much as quiver. Because of this, his mother didn't pursue the subject any longer. Wouldn't she notice that the gun is gone, too? If she was looking for it, I imagine. Uh, In that one day, Evan experienced the seizure inside the wardrobe, frequent flashes of movement out of the corner of his eyes, and a brief hallucination. Usually it was worse around this time, but Evan had it lucky. The nightmares didn't improve that night. The next day, Evan realized that he had no bullets for the rifle. Oh, boy. He had forgotten to find some in his panic to get out of the room before his mother saw. Mum didn't go out that day, but Evan decided to have a look through the wardrobe anyway. And if she asked, he'd make up the same lie as yesterday. After some serious rummaging, he had found three stray bullets hidden in the corner of the wardrobe in a plastic casing. This time, he didn't forget to close the wardrobe door, and he put the bullets in his pocket in case Mum should enter the hallway. But she didn't. The plan was successful. That day, Santa Claus talked to Evan, but the words were spoken inside of Evan's head. Evan knew well who they belonged to. Evan found he couldn't remember most of the speech afterwards, but he knew it had something to do with Evan's plan to kill Santa Claus. Of course, Santa Claus could get inside Evan's head, so why shouldn't he be able to read Evan's thoughts? This is what he had done. Still, Evan wasn't prepared to give up so quickly. That day, he might have seen a lot of things that weren't there, but Evan kept his thoughts on that loaded rifle. On the 22nd of December, Evan had not only heard Santa Claus and experienced his visions, but also felt Santa Claus on his own flesh. At one point, it felt like a cat was running its claws across his arms, but no one was there. Still, that didn't stop blood from flowing. When Mum asked him what happened to his arm, he had said that Stormo had scratched him. Evan had an old tabby cat named Stormo, and they were no strangers to this accident. Mum didn't ask. Mum didn't notice the seizures and hallucinations simply because Evan confined himself to his room all that day. It was a pitiful existence, but Evan knew he had to do it to avoid suspicion. Mum blamed it on what had happened with his father, relating to the past trauma and all all of this as a consequence, feeling that. The need to shut himself away from the experience had been related to Christmas. Evan didn't have any problems with this. The 23rd passed quickly, but the 24th was the worst day he had experienced so far. 
He spent much of his time being tormented by the demonic presence of Santa Claus, his frightening messages ringing through his ears. Once Mom walked through the room while he was having a seizure on his bed, but he, he was avail, av, able to avoid suspicion by saying he was in the middle of a nightmare. Time dragged on as Evan became more and more tormented. Evan's mother went to bed early, as she normally did on Christmas Eve. This left Evan two more hours until Santa Claus made an appearance. She went to bed at six? Yep. Jesus. Every past year, Evan had been at the fireplace at 8.13, but this was because Santa Claus had willed him to be there. He had felt his legs move and had been unable to stop them. Santa Claus wanted Evan to be there to see him in the flesh. This was why Evan was made sure that he had the rifle clutched tightly in his hands before the time came. Evan glanced at his watch nervously. No, he was past nervous. He was terrified. 8.13 came and nothing happened. But at the 22nd mark, he felt his legs moving down the hallway toward the lounge. His hands opened the lounge door. He approached the fireplace. Curtains are drawn. Lights are out. It was dark. Evan could see nothing save the silhouette of Santa Claus in the fireplace. Evan could see the outline of a Santa hat on his head and was no stranger to the claw that hung at the shadow's side. Evan felt the presence of Santa Claus. He knew that Santa Claus would soon be illuminated by a ghostly light, and even Evan would be able to see him in the flesh. Then he would raise the gun, pull the trigger, and it would be over. Or so he hoped. Evan stood there for what seemed like forever, and then an empty, bleeding eye socket came into view. That white, almost transparent skin. The sharp, bloodied set of teeth that showed behind slimy lips. The tattered Santa suit smeared with blood of innocent victims. And worst of all, the long, knife-sharp set of claws that hung at each side. Evan was terrified. He stood with fear as Santa Claus grinned and raised his hands toward him. Evan was unable to move, unable to do anything, but watch as the claws came closer and closer to reaching him. It was too late to shoot now. It was all over. But as Evan stood, his, mis his muscles stiffened and his finger tightened around the trigger. There was a terrific bang and a blinding flash of light. Then the world faded to black. Evan woke up to Mum shaking him frantically. He blinked, trying to figure out what had happened. Then he remembered. He had killed Santa Claus. He did it, bitch. Mum said that she had heard a bang and came to see what the noise was. And when she saw Evan holding the hunting rifle, her first thought was that Evan had shot himself, but she had seen that there was no noticeable bullet wound. And Evan was clear, clearly still breathing. Evan was exhausted, but too happy to comment. His face broke into a smile. I did it, he whispered. Mum looked concerned. You're not well, Evan. You're going to be you're going to a doctor as soon as possible. I worry about you. I killed Santa Claus, Evan babbled, oblivious to his mother's concerns. He was overcome with joy that Santa Claus would no longer be in his life. I'm not just worried about you, Evan. I'm also quite angry with you, Mum said. His eyes knitted into a scowl. Somehow you vandalized the fireplace. It looks like something out of a horror movie. Evan frowned. I never vandalized the fireplace. Mum sighed. Then how do you explain that, she said, pointing. Evan twisted his head 
around to the fireplace. Solid crimson letters had been written on the brick wall behind the fireplace. The paint looked fresh. Evan could still see it trickling down the wall, but not paint. Blood. Evan realized. Blood. Ho, ho, ho. I'm coming for you. I love that. He didn't kill Santa Claus. That's what you get. That's like a... It feels like a holiday story. It doesn't... Yeah. Well, okay, for the longest time... He didn't die, okay? Yeah, what do you that's want? true. The longest time, I legit thought that you had mentioned that it was a dream. I didn't realize that he was, like, seeing sleep paralysis demons every single year. He was. He was. That's what and he that, said. That demon was scratching him and shit. Mmm, girl. He's like... Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's scratchy, scratchy. You're a little scratching post, bitch. Um, bitch. Bitch. I did like it. It was... Different, I guess. Was that on Reddit No Sleep as well? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Got it. Wow. 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 Well, <laughs> I love it. No, that was actually good. Um, I just was confused, obviously, because I wasn't listening. But mm. do I ever? Mm. No. Bitch. Um, Bitch. Well, happy holidays. Happy and merry holidays. Remember to wait for Santa Claus. Claus. I love that every single time you said that, it was like, Claws. Claws. <laughs> Just adding a little bit of emphasis. Not on tonight with Not- these claws. <laughs> no, ma'am. I love that. Why don't you tell me something spoopy? I'll think about it. Um, okay, let's get spoopy then. Um, so I'm going to continue with our search and rescue officer part five just because i'm already four parts in and i want to finish reading this because i have never read all the way through a full creepypasta because i really thought that all of this was just part one and that there was never <laughs> never any more parts beyond that um so now we are on part five what so you ready are 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 you ready my makeup is terrible your that makeup one? is te- terrible no, i was gonna go for um a uh, little bit of lexus Oh, a little bit of Lexus. Are you ready? La, 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 la. la, la. A little bit of Lexus. Okay, go. <laughs> I apologize for the short update, guys. Things have gotten a little crazy around here, and I'm not sure how often I'll be able to update going forward. I really appreciate all the support you guys have given me, and while I only have a couple of stories to share with you, I'll be interested to see what you all think. First story. Dun, dun, dun. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. A firefighter who was helping us at the training op told me about a call he'd gone on supposedly to help rescue a kid from an absolutely massive tree. Ooh. Sorry. He said that they didn't give him details, just that they needed him to come out and help because they lacked the proper equipment. He'd been called out specifically because this thing was so huge that the search and rescue officers didn't feel safe trying to climb it. He'd been a tree trimmer before joining the VFD, oh, and your fire department, for in case anyone needs to know that for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. So it was easy enough for him to grab his old equipment and help uh, come help out. He was led out about two miles, and the team stopped at one of the biggest trees in the area and pointed up. He laughed and asked the op captain how the kid had gotten up there. He made some joke about the old cat in a tree thing, but the captain just shook his head and told him to get up there and help the kid down. So basically he's like, I'm not having any of your bullshit, bitch. <laughs> Shut the fuck Shut up. Shut the fuck up. Um, he said he knew something was up, but he didn't push it. He said that he climbed this tree, that he said that as he climbed this tree, he started wondering if they were playing a prank on him. There was no, this is in quotes, 
There was no way that this kid should have been able to climb up this fucking thing. It was massive at the base, uh, but about halfway up, it started tapering, and I almost had to turn back a few times because I really didn't think I was it was going to hold me, end quotes. But he said he kept going, and when he was just about uh, at the top, he saw a flash of blue in the branches. I saw the kid's shirt sort of caught in a branch, and I called out to him and told him to come near me if he could, but he didn't say anything. I kept moving, calling the kid's name and telling him not to be scared and that I was there to help him. By the time I got to him, I knew he wasn't going to answer me. I found him, or what was left of him, cradled in the fork of a branch, and the fact that he was up there was sheer luck. Wait, and the fact that he was... What was that one? And the, and the fact that he was up there was sheer luck. If he had fallen... If he'd fallen any other way, he'd have come crashing down. He, it wouldn't have mattered, though, because this kid was dead long before he ended up in that tree. I don't know who put him there or how or why, but it was fucking sick. This kid's intestines had popped out of his mouth and were hanging Ooh. in the branches. It was like some sick fucking Christmas tree. How weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. And the way that they were draped all over everything. I got a better look and saw they'd even pop out of his ass. <laughs> his guts were hanging out of the bottom of his pants. His eyes were gone. I assumed shoved out from whatever force caused him to fucking pop like a stress ball. You ever seen a body that's been floating in water for a long time? How their tongues kind of swell up and stick out? His was like that. I wonder because there were... Uh, I remember because there were flies crawling all over it. I think I must have gone into shock because man i just pushed that kid down with the stick i broke off a branch i kind of poked him until he fell i don't know why i did that i almost lost my job because of that but man the thought of hauling that kid down over my shoulder the whole way gathering his guts up and coiling them around me like a rope so that they wouldn't get snagged i couldn't do it i've seen a lot of dead kids more than i'd ever admit i've seen a kid who hid in a full bathtub hid in a full bathtub during a house fire boiled him alive turning him into literal soup but this i don't know what did this but the thought of touching that kid's body made me feel like i was going to lose my mind i heard him hit the ground and figured everyone would freak out but they knew he was dead when they sent me up there they didn't say anything but they didn't shout or freak out or anything i got to the bottom and i started to get up i started to get up in the captain's face asking him who he thought Damn it. Asking him who he thought he was sending me up there when he knew damn well the kid was dead. But he just told me it was none of my concern and thanked me for getting the evidence down. I remember he said that. I remember it specifically because it was so weird to hear it phrased that way. The evidence. Like he wasn't even a person. Like he'd never been a little kid who got lost and had something fucking unspeakable happen to him. The captain had a crew lead me back out of the woods, but he and two others stayed behind. And I thought... That was weird. Why wouldn't they have have me help get the kid out? I tried asking, but the guys kept leading excuse me, leading me out, just told me they couldn't discuss an open case. I asked him what he thought had happened to the kid, and he got really pensive and thought it was and thought about it for a bit. I would have said a crush injury based on how his guts came out like that, but with those injuries you see massive contusions under the skin, obvious trauma. This wasn't like that. It was almost like the kid got caught in a big vacuum and had his gut sucked out. But even then, there was no trauma. None at all. It bothers me, man. It bothers the hell out of me. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I wonder what the blue light was. Uh, his shirt. Because he was focused on climbing. Oh. 
So he said he saw like the blue. I was gonna say like of... lightning or something, but I guess I didn't understand. No, it was it was sure he saw the the blue in his eyes when he was climbing, um, or blue f- out of the corner of his eyes. Okay, second story. One of the vets at the training ops reads no sleep, and he recognized my stories. He knows me pretty well, and we swapped stories before. He asked if he could share something he's noticed about the stairs and some thoughts he's had. Start quotes. I'm really glad you decided to share these. I think it's important that people be aware of what's out there, especially since the Forest Service is doing such a good job of covering it all up. End quote. I asked him what he meant. The moral of these stories is never go in the woods. Yeah, pretty much. What do you mean? What do, you, what do I mean? The lack of any kind of media attention... No coverage of missing kids or bodies found miles from where they got lost in the first place? David Polides hit it right on the head. The Forest Service is doing everything they can to keep people coming here, even if it isn't safe. I mean, to be fair, it's not like these things happen every day, but the numbers add up, and it's worth looking into, especially the stairs. I was surprised you didn't mention the flipped ones. I didn't know what he was talking about. I couldn't remember him ever talking about something like that. He seems somewhat incredulous. Dude, I can't believe you've been on this been on this long without been on this long without seeing them. No one told you about them? I shrugged and asked him to elaborate. Well, there's the normal stairs, the ones that pop up when you're out of ways. I know you know about them, but sometimes I've run across the ones that are flipped upside down. I guess it would be like if you had a dollhouse and the stairs were a separate piece. Now take that and flip it upside down so the top step is stuck in the dirt and put it out in the woods. They're like that. I don't see them as often as they're, but I, I don't see them as often, but they're odd, to say the least. Makes me think of footage taken after a tornado, when houses are all blown apart and random things are left standing, like chimneys and garden walls. Those ones freak me out more than the normal ones because I can't really write those off as easily. I don't scare very easily, like most of us who work out here, but, with, but that idea stuck with me and it bothers me. I'm going to try and find more about them. He also mentioned how many people were bothered by the guy with no face. He got really excited and told me he'd seen something similar. I was out on a training exercise a few years ago. I was camped out in my tent and heard someone walking around outside of camp. We're told not to wander far, which you know, which you know. So I wondered if maybe it was a rookie who'd gotten up to pee and couldn't find his way back. Remember that guy in our group a few years back who almost fell off the Dan Mountain? Well, I'm paranoid about that happening again, so I got up to see what was going on. I went to the edge of camp and called to whoever it was and told them that camp was this way, but they kept going back out into the woods, so I went after them. I know it was stupid, but I was half asleep and I really didn't want to deal with some idiot getting hurt. I followed this thing on a dead straight course for about a mile and then it stopped on the edge of a little river. I could see the outline of it because the water was reflecting the moon and it looked like an ordinary guy. He had a pack on it, and it looked like he was facing me. I asked if he was okay, if he needed help, and he cocked his head like he didn't understand me. I always have my pocket knife on me, and it's got a little thumb light attached to it, so I turned that on and lit up his chest so it wouldn't blind him. He was breathing slow and deep, so I wondered if he was sleepwalking. I went closer and asked him again if he was okay. I moved the light up, and something didn't seem right, so I stopped. He kept breathing in his real slow, deep breaths, and I sort of figured out gradually that that's what was bothering me. It was like he was pretending to breathe, but not actually doing it. His breaths were too even and deep, and all his movements were exaggerated, 
like his shoulders going up and his chest moving. I told him to identify himself, and he made this muffled noise. I moved the light up, and I shit you not, this guy had no face, just smooth skin. I freaked out, and I sort of fumbled my light, but I saw him move toward me, but he didn't actually move. I don't know how to explain it, but one second he was at the edge of the river, next he was five feet from me. I never looked away or blinked. It was like he moved so fast that my brain couldn't keep up. I tripped and fell on my ass, and I could see this line open up his throat. What? I could see line this open. line open up his throat. I get light? What? I don't know. I don't know what that means. It stretched up to his ears, and his head tilted back, and he smiled at me. Oh, with his throat. So, like, it looked like it was opening. Like his face open sideways. Yeah, yeah. Um, there wasn't any blood, just a gaping dark hole, and I swear he smiled at me with this gash in his throat. I got up, and I ran as fast as I could back to camp. I couldn't hear him follow me, but I felt like he was always right behind me, even though when I looked back, I couldn't see him. I calmed down when I got back to camp. The fire was still going, and I guess that pack mentality of being with other people made me stop and breathe a little. I waited by the fire to see if he'd follow me there, but I didn't hear anything else for a few hours, so I went back to bed. I know it sounds weird, but the whole thing was just so surreal that it was almost like I immediately wrote it off as my imagination. Freaky. Um, third story. We were telling ghost stories one night before bed just to scare each other and poke fun at whoever got creeped out. LOL, me, every yeah. minute of the day. I'm going to tell you this ghost story. Oh, God, that scared me. <laughs> you guys want to hear about somebody whose face is not real. <laughs> because, a doll that follows you and kills you. Yeah. It opens up its throat like a smile. Yeah. Oh, love that. That's terrifying. Love that for me. I don't think so. I love scaring myself and giving myself nightmares. <laughs> I never have nightmares. Oh, I always, I always make Thomas watch these things, and, and he's like, you made me watch that, and now I had nightmares. I'm like, oh, I dreamt about going to the mall. <laughs> With the creepy dead person that we just watched. <laughs> nope. No dead people. Just, just hanging out, holding hands, skipping down the dreams. <laughs> Oh, boy. Most of the time, it's the rookies, but one woman told a story that actually managed to get under my skin a little bit, and I know the same was true for others. She said it was true, but then again, every ghost story told around campfires is true. Somehow, though, I don't think she was making it up. It had that ring of truth that only really, traumatiz that only really traumatizing events have. Oh my god, like, like Santa Claus. Santa Claus. So real. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said that when she was a kid, she and her friend used to go out into the woods behind her house a lot. She lived in northern Maine, where there's a lot of dense, unpopulated national forest. She said the wood, excuse me, the woods up there aren't like they are here. They're so thick in places that the trees block out the sun almost completely. She and her friend grew up there, so they weren't scared of being out there alone. But they did always maintain a sense of caution in certain areas. She said it was never really talked about, but they always knew not to go more than a mile or two beyond their homes. The adults never said why, but it was an unspoken rule that no one ventured out that far. She and her friend made up stories about bears as big, uh, as, big as houses that lived out there, and they used to scare each other by hiding and making growling noises while the others searched for them. She said one summer, there was a series of awful storms that blew down a lot of trees and set one apart set one part of the forest a few miles behind her house on fire. Fire crews got it under control, but she said some of them came back not quite the same. Starting quotes. It was like they'd been to war. You could tell who'd really gotten scared because they... What? 
fire crews got it under control, but they said some of them came back not, the, not quite the same. Not the trees, the fire crew. I, thought, I, was, I had understood that the whole oh, time. Oh, I didn't. I thought it was the trees. And I was like, why are the trees going to war? <laughs> Is this the Lord of the Rings? Like, fuck. Yep. Um, it was like they'd been to war. You could tell who'd really gotten scared because they had the same looks on their faces. I think it's called shell shock. My friend and I said that they were like walking dead people. They didn't smile or say anything if you went up to them. And most of them left town as soon as everything was over. I asked my parents about it, but they said they didn't know what I was talking about. Once everyone was told the woods were safe again, my friend and I decided to try and hike out there where the fire had been. We didn't tell our parents where we were going, and it was pretty exciting to think that we were disobeying them like that. We hiked about two miles or so, and we started seeing burnt trees and stuff. I remember my friend got really upset because we found the skeleton of a deer curled up under a tree, and I practically had to drag her away. She wanted to bury it, but I didn't want to touch... didn't want her touching it because its antlers were weird. I can't remember why. I just remember thinking that there was something wrong with them. I didn't want either of us going near it. The farther we went, the more burnt everything got. Eventually, there were no standing trees, and it was like being on another planet. Almost nothing green, just brown and black everywhere. We were standing there looking at it all, and we both heard someone shouting in the distance. I panicked because I thought it was my dad, and that he was going to tell me I was grounded. My friend broke off and went to hide behind a big rock because she said... These are search and rescue officers? No, these... Well, I think she was a search and rescue officer, maybe. They, they were telling a story around a campfire. Ghost From the past. From the past, yeah. Okay, I was like... So these are kids. She's a ranger in the Forest Service, and she's like, my dad's over there. He's going to no, be so yeah, mad she, that I'm rescuing people. She's talking about her childhood in Maine. Okay. Um, went, and hide, went to hide behind a big rock because she said she didn't want to be caught out there. Her parents had forbidden her to come out into the woods at all, and she lied and told them we were going to a movie. I followed her, and we kept listening. I could hear this voice getting closer, and I realized they were calling for help. I thought maybe it was some hiker who'd gotten lost and needed directions back to town. That used to happen all the time, so I was used to helping people out. I heard him following, I heard him following my voice, so I kept calling out until I saw him running in the distance. He got closer, and I could see that his face was all red. I told my friend to give me her pack because... She had a first aid kit. She made this noise like she was grossed out, and she asked if I saw his face. I told her to shut up, and I jogged up to meet him. I stopped about halfway when he stopped in front of me. I could see that his nose and lips and part of his forehead were all gone. It was like they'd been sliced clean off. He was bleeding bad, and I saw the, the knees of his pants were red, too. I took a step back, but I was too scared to move much, and he grabbed my shoulders. It felt like I got a shock, and he jerked back he started babbling and i couldn't tell what he was saying except that he kept asking how long he'd been gone he asked me where his unit was but i shook my head he looked me over and he saw my walkman and he screamed he just kept babbling and touching his face i realized he wasn't wearing the right clothing he had some kind of weird gray cloth jacket and almost formal pants on and the jacket had these weird buttons and red borders on it civil war I kept shaking my head and I told him I couldn't understand what he was saying. I went to open his the first aid kit and he just screamed again and said the only thing I could really understand. Don't touch me. You'll make me go back there. After that, he ran off and I could hear him screaming the whole time. When I couldn't hear him anymore, I turned around and my friend was crying. I just turned around and started walking back towards town. She asked me over and over what had happened and who that was, but I didn't say anything. When we got home, I told her I didn't want to play in the woods with her anymore. 
We're still friends, but we don't talk about that guy. Not ever. He was a Southern Confederate soldier from the Civil War. Why was he in Maine? Because he got lost in the woods. And made it all the way up to Maine? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Have you seen the Appalachians? Sure. <laughs> Have you? Well, then why would he have lived 160 years? Because ghosts. Ghosts! <laughs> and his face got chopped off? Because uh, lumbering accidents. In the middle of the war? Yes. Yes! Is it ringing? It's texting. Hello? Hello? Okay, so that was part five. Should I keep reading the part six? Uh, do you have something for the next episode next week? Yeah, the, I think it continues to go to part eight, doesn't it? Yeah. Part seven, part eight? We'll save part six and we'll do it next Save it? Week. Next week. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'll save it. Okay, well then that's the end of that one. Wow! Wow, wasn't that good? Moral of the story, don't celebrate Christmas, become Jewish, and never go in the woods. Yeah. What an amazing Don't story. ever celebrate Christmas. Yeah, I mean, that, that poor dad was trying to do something sweet for his kid and fell down the fucking That's why you don't do things chimney. nice for children. I've actually heard of that so many times of people who dress up like Santa Claus and end up getting an accident. Yeah, see, no. You don't need to go through the chimney. You I'd be like, Santa comes through the window. Yeah. Or just like shows up in the house like, oh, I already he climbed on the He knocks before he comes yeah. in because that's what people do when yeah. they come to your house. You okay? don't go down the fucking He chimney. doesn't enter like a robber. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's going to be no for me, dog. I agree. I mean. I mean. And I spoop. Poop. Excellent. Poop. Gross. Wow. Oh, this is, wow. 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 Stop it. <laughs> what an episode. It was. We finished pretty early. What, is it under an hour? It's under an hour. Oh, my God. How many times has this happened? Never. Once. Once. One time. That was it. It was amazing. I, I think we titled the episode Under an Hour. We did. I think that we need to continue talking until he's over an hour mark. Wrap it up. He said wrap Excuse it up. Excuse me? Wrap it up. Spoopy? Practice safe podcasts. Wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> do you want to hear a, a funny white people tweet that I think is funny? No. Wrap it up. Uh, there's this guy. He was like, after sex with my girlfriend, I like to take the condom off. But before I say... Well, let's see who he really is. Oh my and then gosh. I pull the condom off and I say, it's old man Jenkins. <laughs> and I laugh, but she doesn't. And that's showbiz, baby. <laughs> and by I, he means himself. And by she, he means me. Yeah. Is that what happens now? He's giving us a live account of what we happens. We don't wear in, condoms. In <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> we practice safe sex. We practice safe sex. Sometimes before we start, I put a lock on the door. <laughs> I make sure the front door is locked. I make sure the front door is locked. <laughs> make sure it's not wide open. I mean, <laughs> that's not safe. That's good safety. I mean, that's a, no, I mean, I mean, All right. I mean, I mean, I do, I do, I do. I do declare. Well, um... So happy! I hope everyone had a happy holiday. Happy holidays. Happy holiday. Holidays. Yes. Um, yeah. So this will be right between Christmas and Merry Christmas. Have a Christmas. Have a Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. 
uh, just before New Year's. So if you are uh, celebrating New Year's, make sure to stay safe um, and always have a designated driver or Uber or whatever. And then I think AAA always does their like New Year's thing where from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. or whatever it is that they will pick up anyone for free regardless if you have their insurance or whatever. Tow them? No, not tow you. They'll pick you up. In what? Uh, their trucks, maybe? I don't know. They have tow trucks only. I don't know. Well, then you're getting in the tow truck with someone. That's dangerous. I don't know. I'm pretty certain it's AAA. That I think that. it's more safe for you to walk at night without any lights. Oh, my God. And no, find don't do that, please. Santa do Claus. That. Santa, Santa Claus! Claus. Um, so, yes, yeah. you have your resources, and always make sure that you're being safe. Don't drive uh, intoxicated. And stay safe. Mm-hmm. We love you. See you in the new decade. Oh, my God. It's going to be 2020. I'm going to look back at this time and be like, wow. Imagine this being, is hindsight. Imagine being friends with Chris. <laughs> you didn't get the funny joke, you bitch. The hindsight is 2020. I got Yes, it. you fucking cunt. I didn't laugh at it. Well, because you have no taste. What's wrong with my taste buds? <laughs> but it's... You went to the dentist today. I didn't. I need to. I'm pretty certain I've got like seven cavities. Well, your teeth are purple, so that must be a problem. Oh, they are. Oh. <laughs> Can you hear it? Hold on. They're not clean, so it doesn't work. <laughs> Just rubbing off plaque. <laughs> like this. <laughs> LOL. Yep. All right. Well, get spoopy with it. Get spoopy with it. Where the fuck is my mouse? There it is.